welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, we will be reviewing Sky High. And I know with my with my accent, that's not a probably not intelligible words for you, but it is S-K-Y-H-I-G-H, Sky High. It's the 2005 Disney superhero flick starring Kurt Russell, Kelly Preston, and a bunch of Disney kids. Now, Dwayne, this was your pick. You wanted to watch this movie, and you, you really pitched it. Your sales pitch to me really sold me on it. So why why did we watch Sky High? Well, Jamie, this is the best X-Men movie you'll ever see. Ah, uh, okay. Because that was your sales pitch. Because you, you, you told me in the same way that The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie, Sky High is the best X-Men movie. Yes, this uh, movie uh, I really fell in love with just, you know, having a family, looking for something cool to watch on the weekend, and seeing these characters developed throughout this school uh, for superheroes uh, and the the, uh, the basis of the movie is you know this this uh, kid of a superhero actually two superheroes is you know starting high school and it's not a any high school it's a high school for superheroes so the catch is his powers haven't shown up yet Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So you have the, uh, you know, the, uh, the kicker there. He, uh, and his dad is, I guess, a super snake Pliskin. <laughs> well, I mean, aside from being <laughs> Kurt Russell, you know, and, and that's enough pressure right there. Yeah. You know, just your dad being Kurt Russell, uh, and your mom being Kelly Preston. Hello. Um, I mean, two of the coolest, most beautiful people as well as just actors that will knock your socks off in just about any role I've ever seen them in, you know, this kid, you know, his dad in the movie is Superman. His mom, his mom is this super fast flyer. And what's his dad's name? Uh, Commander. The commander. Yeah. The commander and his mom is Jetstream. She has the flying power. I keep thinking Starscream. I had Transformers on the brain. (laughs) (laughs) This is X-Men, not Transformers. (laughs) And so no, uh, really, uh, this movie was just a ton of fun. Uh, Real lighthearted, real uh, just great heart to the movie. And you see this kid's adventure through high school. And does he get his powers or not? How does he fit in to the high school? You know, and uh, when he goes there and they have the classes, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But it's just a a fun, fun movie that uh, it really has a lot of heart, I feel. Yeah, so um, I guess guess we've already gotten into our opening thoughts and, and grades a little bit here. And um, I think it's, I guess this, this is my opening thought. I think it's important to judge a thing by what it's intending to be. Mm. Um, this was not intending to be, you know, the Dark Knight. No. It wasn't intending to be even the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, it, it was, I mean, it wasn't really trying to compete with Spider-Man, which had been out at the time already. Um, this was a superhero movie made in the Disney style for Disney's audience. You know, teens and, and you know, pre, you know, tweens, that, that, that type of age group. And for what it was intending to be, I thought it was very successful. Um, now, I, I'm fully aware, 38-year-old you know, dude, it's not their target audience. I knew that. Um, but I thought for what, for what it was intending to be, which, I, like, like I said, I think it's important to take into account. It was successful what it was trying to be. Exactly, yeah. The movie really set out to accomplish what it set out to accomplish. You know, it really accomplished that, that goal. Um, it's not, you know, high cinema. Even by comic book standards, we'll, um, we'll get to weaknesses later. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it was just a a really fun look at the odd side of superhero. So, Jamie, what uh, is your grade of this movie? Uh, since it was pitched by me, so of course I'm going to have a, a relatively high grade. But what was what was your grade of this movie? Well, I think you actually hurt your, yourself on this one with with me with me giving it a grade. You you made the unfortunate mistake of comparing it to The Incredibles. It doesn't measure up to that comparison. No. Um, but I, I'm giving it a solid B. I mean, for what it was intended to be, it succeeded. It didn't knock my socks off. It didn't change my life. I mm-hmm. mean, it didn't climb onto any of my ranking scales, anything like that. But it was a fun movie that I got to watch with my kids. We had, a, we had a good time. They enjoyed it. And, and, and somewhat of that Pixar style, there was some stuff there for me that they didn't catch. There's yeah. a, a little bit of that too. There was some of that. Yes. And uh, so B, B's a good grade though. 
Yeah, B B's a good place for this movie, and uh, <clears throat> and just like I was saying, I, I I don't feel that it's you know necessarily you know any high cinema. It's not a life changing movie, but in all honesty, in my view, it it probably is the best X Men movie I've seen. I've seen First Class. I enjoyed First Class, but I swear I think this one hit the X Men on on the head a little bit better. Uh, to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into X Men just a little bit. I think the X Men struggle with their timeline. They don't I just think, struggle. With I it. think that's their weakness. They <laughs> they struggle finding their place in the timeline. There's so many comics and there's so many great characters that they don't really need to pick and choose. You know, ones from different eras, and then try to stick fit them together. Um, I think uh, that that's one of their weaknesses. But anyway, yeah, their 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 movie continuity is just flat out broken. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, my grade on this one is going to be a B plus. I'm going to give it a B plus. I mean, it's not it's not an A movie. Um, it's it's a fun watch. It's an enjoyable movie. Uh, but you know, like like I was saying, you know, it's not high cinema. The Incredibles, it is not, but it is a f- great movie. I think. So, with, no, but you know, in its defense, not many movies are The Incredibles. This is true. This is true. The Incredibles really uh, captured something special. And I'm going to stick with my statement on The Incredibles being the best Fantastic Four movie. I, I back that one up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you're getting the, you know a, a hard you know you know agreement on that one from me. So it's, I think Marvel may need to take a few notes from Disney on this one. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I mean, if if the if the Disney purchase of Fox, if that finalizes everything they'll own the rights to um to the fantastic four again maybe they could get brad bird to direct the live action fantastic four maybe that would be very interesting brad bird would be a great choice for them okay we we have digressed um we're trying not to do that folks sorry about that um but so we've given our grades um let's move on to some some strengths um so dwayne this was your pitch go for it man what what was your first strength my first strength of this movie was the uh, the setup, uh, just the premise of the movie, you know, first day of school. And even as uh, Will Stronghold, uh, you know, the commander's son, is going downstairs to get his breakfast, you know, on the news flash, a giant robot is invading the city. And here comes Commander and Jetstream, uh, you know, to save the day, you know, and that's, that's mom and dad out there, uh, you know, saving the day. And, He's trying to, you see him getting ready for school. He's trying to lift the weights and he can't, he can't get them up. He don't have his superpowers yet. He can't fly. He can't see through walls. He can't do, do all this cool stuff. And he's just getting ready to go to school and knowing that it is superhero high school. And his dad is the commander. Commander. His mom is Jetstream. Um, you, you really see how flustered and just out of sorts he is. Well, and two, you could tell like when he hears his dad on the stairs, just throwing weights yeah, he's throwing onto the barbell weights. like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'd uh, it'd been a, a little while since I'd seen this, but yeah, he's he's really stacking up there to make him look like he had been doing it, you know. And he's kind of tricking his dad. I didn't realize that to to think that he has attained his powers, and when he can barely get up a hundred, you know, and he's throwing all these weights on there, and uh, just acting like he had. And the funniest thing was is when his dad threw the through the one white ass. I was going to mention that. And he falls and breaks the bed. <laughs> and uh, just... Well, the whole time they're talking, Curtis was just spinning it. You know, like like it's yeah. a hubcap or something. It's or, like a Frisbee. Yeah, a Frisbee. Yeah, uh, because it's absolutely nothing to him. But yeah, that... And the whole back-to-school thing. And I know you know our kids have gone back to school here recently. And you see the nervousness there in them. So that was really, really awesome. And then getting to the school. Well, and, and T, if you remember on the on the bus, like you know, we, they'd made very clear, they'd established this kid doesn't have any powers yet. But get on the bus, they're talking about what their powers are, you know, because the kid's like, well, I glow a little bit, and and they and one of them makes a comment like, I wouldn't dare show up for school without my, my powers. Yeah, my powers, yeah. yeah. So that that was there too. So that that was a good setup, part of the setup. Yeah, and the uh, one of the other great great things about this movie is all of the characters that show up throughout whoa, 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 whoa. you jump into my first strength okay so jamie <laughs> what's your strengths of this movie the cast i mean i know it's a disney movie i know it's not the biggest budget thing that's ever been made but they killed it on the cast and disney has the money to throw at the actors so they can have well they spend it on the actors we'll get to some of the weaknesses later where they didn't spend some money but um 
I mean, the, I mean, if you can get Kurt Russell in your movie, you just put Kurt Russell in your movie. He's awesome. Um, Kelly Preston is great, and she was she was good in this movie. And and you've got Bruce Campbell. I mean, I love Bruce Campbell. I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Army of Darkness is my jam. Ash himself. Yeah, and I mean, and he was dead. There was some good Ash, and there was some bad Ash in this movie. So he so he he showed up, and he was great. You know, he was great as the gym coach. I wasn't being vulgar there. That's a line from Army of Darkness. Thank you very much. Dwayne's turning different colors over just, there. You just broke me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you put Bruce Campbell in anything. He's great. And he's I'm great. in. Yeah. He, 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 he kind of has that leading man look, but he's got a great sense of humor. And he's got good comic timing. So he's great to have in it. Oh, yeah. he's a, If you've ever seen him just in an interview. Yeah. Oh, he's, I mean, he is. A character, you know, Bruce. Well, Campbell and then is. and then you've got Wonder Woman as the principal. Oh, Wonder Woman! Let's not even go there. Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, it was just a really good cast, and the, and the kids were all. I mean, they're Disney kids. They're competent. You know, they know how to you know show up, say their lines, be charming. They, I mean, they're Disney kids. They know what they know what they're doing. Yeah. So the cast, the cast really was for me. It was the strongest part of the movie. You know, speaking of the cast and being one of the strongest parts, I mean, I can't get over when I first seen this movie, the bus driver. I I forgot one. Yep, the bus driver, <laughs> Farva himself, Kevin Hefferman of Broken Lizard, uh, Super Troopers, Club Dread, um, need we say more? Uh, Farva is the bus driver, Ron Wilson, who is absolutely Farva as a bus driver. <laughs> But instead of being a jerk, like he's kind of charming in this one. Yeah, he's just a, he's just kind of instead of just a dumb jerk, he's just kind of a dumb nice guy, and he's just <laughs> don't quite have it together. And he's yeah he's he's. But even he had his moment at the end of the movie. He has a wonderful yeah. moment through throughout. I think he has many wonderful moments uh, throughout the movie. But I mean, I, another one of the strengths of of this movie is just that there's. Like I said, it's it's not Pixar level because with Pixar, I mean, like adults and kids can watch those movies in completely different ways mm-hmm. and have different enjoyments. There's there's much for one group as the other, and Sky High doesn't quite reach that level. There's there's not as much there for the adult, you know, on adult level that the kids don't catch. I mean, but there's there's still some there, yeah. but 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 it but it was a superhero movie yeah. I could watch with my kids. And not have to worry about content because like my my kids are they're they're funny little nerds. Mm-hmm. I would love to show them Guardians of the Galaxy. They're too young. You really I have can't to watch do some it. Of that. Yeah. yeah, there's language, there's content language stuff. And, yeah. I mean, they recently watched. I showed them the Raimi Spider Man movies. Mm. And I had forgotten some stuff. I kind of had to win. There's a few that. things in there. There's yeah. a few things in there. You know, especially for my youngest one. Mm-hmm. I kind of had to win. It's like, oh, I forgot about that. You Oopsie. know, there's yeah. none of that in this movie. You know, and I, and I appreciate that. It's a, it's a good superhero movie I can watch with my kids and not worry and not wince and not have to, you know, talk loudly over certain scenes or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, I, but there was, none of, there was none of this in this movie, and I, and I appreciate that. As a, as a dad, that means a lot to me. Yeah, it really does. And uh, I'll tell you, another uh, few fun things in this movie is when, uh, you know, when they're going to school in the bus. And the fantasticalness starts right off the bat there. The bus goes through road construction drives off the end of an unfinished bridge jets pop out wings pop out they fly up to the floating high school in the sky um you know they're, they're let out the bus and uh they're greeted by the uh some of the villains you see that's this the the this movie has villains as Which well. What you think initially they're just villains because they're high school jerks. Yeah, you think they're just jerks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know the one one of the guys is fast. One of the guys, stretchy guy. And uh, so they're trying to, you know, ruffle some money out of the kids. And, uh, you know, I like the, uh, I like the one kid. There's no, there's nothing about an admittance fee in the hand of book. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so he's Mr. Procedure over here. And uh, that was a really good scene. Just the set, setting up the whole dynamic of the high school. Yeah, it was a very school. good scene. And, and very fake. Out, and then they go through and, uh, you know, they're met by the student body president. She kind of guides them through, uh, you know, into the admissions. And this is when we meet Bruce Campbell, a sonic boomer with a loud voice. And he, his job, he has the job of separating heroes from sidekicks, from sidekicks which is another high school dynamic. So you've got the bullies, the bad guys, and then you've got the cool kids, and then you've got the 
They also reigns. The, the oh yeah, the the kind of outsiders yeah. who are the sidekicks. The, the free uh, the people on the fringes. Yeah, the people on the fringes. So you have uh, you know exactly what high school is or was. You know, it felt very familiar to me. And uh, so as we go through their uh, um, powers, and you see these different powers, he denotes hero, sidekick, hero, side, you know, and uh, different ones, and of course. Will Stronghold does not have his powers. And he gets to go first after lunch. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good it setup. Was, I mean, the, the setup is just good. Now, you, you didn't go to my favorite part of that scene, though. Okay, well, I, I don't know me, how. Me, me and my girls all jumped when to test one of those kids. He just drops a car out of the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So some of the tests, he's like, "Okay, guys, show me, show me what you got." And yeah, so uh, I was not expecting a car to fall and off, the, off screen onto a kid. And the kid, so he's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Larry." He's like, "Little Larry," because little Larry's a little glasses, a little sweater with a tie, you know, the button-down shirt, curly red hair, just a little. And he says, "Car," and a car <laughs> drops out of nowhere. Larry immediately turns into a rock monster. Very Ben Grimm. Very, very much the thing. You know, very uh, yeah. much that. And presses the car from landing on his and Bruce Campbell's head. But I, but I like how they play And with what does he say? Big Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like how they play with some of the tropes there. Yeah. Because like the little guy should have been the little nerdy guy. Maybe maybe he's got like X-ray vision or something. No, he's the big strong guy. He's the big strong guy. And the fast kid you mentioned earlier... Is a, is a, you know, don't want to fat shame anybody, but... But he's not the slimmest he, guy on the He enjoys lunchtime. That's his, probably his favorite part of the day, you know? Yeah. But he, but he's the fast guy, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I thought that I thought there was a few little clever moments there where I thought they were kind of yeah, playing they, with some tropes really, that I enjoyed. Uh, put some things around, and yeah. uh, I like some of the uh, the powers. I know we're going to get into the powers a little bit later, but the, the one kid uh, glows. <laughs> we'll say that loosely. Yeah. Um, he did have a... <laughs> He did have on a white outfit and some neon green there. Which he was have, pale, but that's not the glow they were referring which, to. Which may have overshadowed his glow a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so uh, of course, you know, sidekick. And uh, the one kid who turned into a puddle. Yeah, there was the puddle kid. There was the guinea pig girl. The guinea pig girl. <laughs> and, uh, you, and I like the touch of the guinea pig still had like the dye from her hair the on the side. Hair, yeah. yeah. He's not even a herd of guinea pig, just <laughs> a guinea pig. Um, and then you meet um, Layla, uh, Will Stronghold's close friend, and she's dressed in green. She's Poison Ivy from DC. Well, we don't find that out yet because yeah, 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 she right. is on this, you know, I, I think this. You know, dichotomy is silly and antiquated, and we're just—I'm just not going to participate. Well, she's a pacifist too. She didn't believe in using she her didn't powers. Believe in using her powers, so not it, not not for I, combat. You know, I didn't realize that, but yes, yeah, so she. But you see her earlier in the movie, you know, kind of helping out Mrs. Stronghold's plants yeah. and herb garden in the house, and so you kind of get an idea that she has a green, you know, uh, like you said, poison ivy. So she immediately goes to sidekick for not doing her power and. Then it falls to strong or hero support. Hero, yes, hero support, <laughs> as, as we find out later. But now the uh, the lunchroom encounter. Oh, you're talking about when they? I, I'm see, I'm getting mixed up in which is it? Is this when they meet the uh, the kid of the villains? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right because that's when Will gets his power, isn't it? <clears throat> Not at that one. I'm confused now. Okay. Now when uh, they spend a lot of time in the lunchroom, one, one of the shapeshifters poses as. Coach Boomer, yeah, and uh, and messes with you know some of the new guys, and then uh, when they come back from lunch, they drop the car. Yeah, yeah and he falls underneath it, like terrified. Yeah, because Boomer expected him to be strong like his dad and just catch it. And admits he doesn't have his powers. Yeah, and so he gets to go see the school nurse. Yeah, Cloris Leachman, who. It's funny in, in our pre-show, both of us thought it was a, the, the wrong person. We were both we were arguing about whether who, who that was that played that role, and we both of us were wrong. But she was funny in that scene too. She was hilarious in that scene, and with with the big huge glasses. And that was more of the setup too, because she's explaining mm-hmm. there about how you know how, how kids inherit their powers when they show up. Now the kids who get bit by radioactive bugs. <laughs> 
or fall into a vat of toxic waste. Yeah. You know, they sometimes get their powers maybe even the next day or they die. <laughs> Just nonchalantly. But now ki- kids of parents who have powers can get one can or, get both, or both or, or never. neither. Yeah. And the only other person that she was aware of that had two superhero parents with no powers. Was, didn't have powers. Who was Farva? Farva, the bus driver. Yeah. Um, so, but you're, you're. I think you're leading toward another one of the overall strengths of the movie, and I think it compares um, not favorably with a previous movie we watched. Um, I, and I mean toward the other movie. Um, this movie does a good job of setting things up and paying them off. Mm, unlike Valerian. Unlike Valerian. Which did a good job setting things up and never paying them never off. Never paying anything off. So, so like you're talking about like the, the scene like early on where he doesn't have any powers. Um, so Chlor- Chloris Leachman sets up. Sometimes they don't ever get them. And you can point to the bus driver. Right? And you think that's all that is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's the living role model, example of what you might end up being you know, without any powers. And then later, So later on he develops his powers. And then even later on he gets his mom's power. And then even more set up and pay off is Ron Wilson, the bus driver, ends up being important – to the, the entire third act of the saving the day, saving and the so, day, there, yes. so there's so there's there's a for a kids movie for a Disney you know kids movie it does a really good job of really setting things up and then making everything it's not Edgar Wright you know tight level of script mm-hmm. the, it's really good at setting things up and paying them off I, I thought that was a real strength of the movie things kept you know getting paid off in the third act well let's carry on uh, real quick. Uh, with some more strengths a little bit throughout the movie because I know we spent a lot of time here on the intro. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, <clears throat> I think that's a little bit more my fault than yours. But uh, the uh, I know there's a lot of richness throughout uh, when he comes back from his first day of school. His dad welcomes him into his secret. The secret layer Sanctum or... There was some kind of fun. Yeah, there Stan, was some Stan Lee sounding name. A very Stan Lee sounding yeah. name. Uh, I was thinking of between the mix between Superman and Doctor Strange, the the secret sanctum of solitude or something. <laughs> 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 you know, it was it was just uh, you just kind of out there. But he uh, then they slide down the uh, the bat poles. Oh yeah, that was and, that uh, was straight out of Batman sixty six. And that is such for him and uh, for him and Jetstream to work together. Which that's also more setup. Because that ends up reoccurring that ends later. Up having a huge payoff. Yeah. I just thought it was wonderful because he's got the pool table, he's got the hall of trophies, and she's got a desk of computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they the, said very early on that the commander, the commander he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He's just kind of laid back, chill, you know, and you can tell she's the brains of the operation. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> then he finds out that his son doesn't have the powers yeah and uh is actually in sidekick class yeah he, he's not thrilled to discover his son's a sidekick no not not thrilled at all so he's going to call the school he's going to see what can be done and things but but i thought something was very cool too was before him and jetstream hooked up he had a sidekick who is the teacher of sidekick class there were a couple of kids in the hall in this movie there was a yes <laughs> um so and the classroom is like in the basement in a broom closet with like everything left over. <laughs> I, I love like, that he kept putting on his old sidekick outfit. Old, yeah. And then when he realized that, uh, you know, the commander's son was in his class, <gasps> we used to work together, you know, and uh, ask him if he remembers me, you know. So. I think he asked me if he ever mentioned him, and he's like, he didn't, he had no idea who he was, <laughs> no clue who he was. Yeah, it was a uh, really uh, funny, but uh, and um, but he, he, I think, I think after that too, there's a scene I really liked when um, I think it's I th- correct me if I'm wrong. It's after the first day they go back to the stronghold house to do homework, mm-hmm. and so it's so it's after sidekick class they're doing I guess sidekick homework, and and that's when Commander comes home and is like. And it's like he's confused by who is who he's studying right, with because he thinks his his son's still in. He thinks he's a hero, and, and it's like, so oh, it's great that you're hanging out yeah. with these sidekicks. You know, it's equal, equal opportunity over here. Yeah, it's really, and, it's really big of you to be hanging out with these loser kids. That's like, basically you know, what he was saying. No, Dad, this is my class. This is who I am. But that was but that was a good moment for the I can't Will you, I, I keep forgetting his name Will Strongholds yeah but um, that was a good, good moment for him too because he sort of embraces it you know it's and he embraces who his friends are you know which which is more set up because he doesn't always you know stay strong with that 
I interrupted you again. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was uh, just going to say, you know, and then he, uh, you know, develops a crush on the um, student council president, uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, who I thought done a great role in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, if you had ever seen that. Was that her? I've not seen her in much, but that was her. I didn't realize that was her. I, I didn't either until I was just going through her IMDb a few days ago. I love that movie. And uh, oh, it's great. Um, but thinking that she's out of his league. Because she was. Because she was. But she has an ulterior motive. Which is more set up. Which is off. a lot more which set up. Which the second a senior girl who's the class president that all the boys are drooling over is paying attention to some you know freshman boy Immediately, I was suspicious. <laughs> like this, this lady cannot be up to any good. This, this is true, and uh, so she, uh, you know, <clears throat> starts developing a relationship with him. Which and, and they'd already set up that, Layla apart. Yeah, yeah, because they said early on that Layla was into Will, but Will was, was just really, oblivious. Yeah, he was just oblivious to that, as most you know young guys are. You know, just a girl that's always there. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but. So he discovers he has an arch nemesis also before this. He looked familiar. I couldn't place him. I, I, I couldn't place him either. I think, I think maybe he was in those Descendants movies that one of my girls watches over and over again. I think that was. I think that's where I've seen him at. Um, his name is... Let me find him here again. Dwayne, you wouldn't be consulting Steven, Dr. Google, would you? Steven Strait, and the uh, character's name is Warren... Peace. peace. <laughs> um, W-A-R-R-E-N. Yeah. Peace, not war and peace. War that was one of those peace. few moments, more more for the adults than the kids. Yeah, it was. Uh, that some was some of those names. But uh, the commander in Jetstream had put away his war dad. And peace's dad. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so they have that big showdown in the cafeteria. Like I said, they spend a lot of time in that cafeteria. And, and he's throwing fireballs. I mean, he's got a really cool power with, yeah. with the fire, and he's really uh, good at it um, in the movie. Uh, I think he's maybe a year or so older, seems like. I, thought, I do have a question. If you're the child of a villain, and you clearly have villainous tendencies, which class do you get put in? Is there a separate track for villains? That That's one of the things the movie never really led into. But uh, this is where... Will Stronghold develops his superhero powers, and he picks then up a, becomes the hero. He picks yeah. up uh, he picks up the table with yeah. him on it, and throws him through the wall and punches him and breaks everything, and now he is the hero. Yeah, and uh, and, th and that's when you really get into Act <clears throat> Two when like things start to develop. He he ends up changing tracks, gets put in the hero classes, mm -hmm. which he's nervous about at first because he you know the sidekicks are his friends. But they encourage him to go on. Like, if you can do this, you should go do go it. And then, so he starts getting embraced by the cool kids. Mm -hmm. And that's when he starts basically dating the the senior girl, um, whose name I keep forgetting. But, um, and so, and then, then there's the, once again, back in the cafeteria, there's that, there the, I think it's a really pivotal scene in the movie when he goes to sit with the cool kids because the, you know, the senior girl wants him to sit with her. And they don't let the sidekick sit. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't stand up for him. And he stays with the cool kids. And I, I felt like that was a real turning point in the movie. That was a very big turning point in the movie. And you see his desire to fit in. Yeah. And to go along, which turns out to be to his detriment with the homecoming planning party. Yeah. Is, is that the same day? I, I, I lose I, track of what I happens when. I don't think it's the same day, but it's very close. Yeah, but she she kind of tricks him into having because she says she's going to come over and help plan homecoming, and it's, it's supposed just going to be a few people. Yeah, and then it looks like the entire senior class is there, um, or everybody in the hero in the hero track probably is there, is there. and they're they're destroying his house. But then we see those bat poles come in again. And she's maybe hinting around that she wants some privacy, some time alone, but everything's going on. It's so noisy. So where can we go? Yeah. And lo and behold, they go into the... The sanctum, sanctorum, sanctum, secret... Sanctorum, secret sanctum, yeah. Of solitude or something. <laughs> the, and uh, now the... Uh, Commander's trophy room. The president, the class president's name is very uh, Marvel alliterated... Gwen Grayson. 
So well, a little bit of DC there too. Got, got some, some, you know, Dick Grayson, but it's alliterated, so it, it feels like Stan Lee came out. Well, with you it. have Gwen from Spider Man and Dick Grayson. You so. are right. Yep. So yeah, so that I mean, this movie is rich with hidden Easter eggs and little things sprinkled throughout you'll see uh, everywhere uh, you know I don't, I don't know if we mentioned earlier but but linda carter wonder woman is the principal yeah we, we started earlier the school um and we find out that um after uh the party uh mr and mrs stronghold return home early oh you missed something though oh i missed something when okay. when uh gwen goes down to the basement with will um as she's being overly friendly with him you see the fast kid in the background steal a gun behind them. So she she's distracting Will, and you see the fast kid steal the pacifier. The pacifier. Yeah. That, that they don't know what it does. They don't, that, even Commander didn't know what it did. Yep. Uh, is his greatest achievement for defeating his his arch nemesis, Royal Pain. <laughs> yeah, and so and so that and then and then the parents come home, and he gets busted for the the party, and. Is that the point where he breaks up with her? And she's just devastated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, because Layla comes in. And and uh, Gwen, and, that, and that's the first time that she really comes off as a jerk. Mm-hmm. She is she's super mean to Layla. To Layla. Yeah. yeah. And you realize that, you know, all the, it's not just something, we knew something weird happened in the secret sanctum thing because of the kid in the background. But you don't know if it was just the kid doing that. You mm-hmm. didn't know if Gwen was involved. But you see her being nasty to Layla, and you realize this, this, this chick's not on the level. Yeah. And then, and then Will finally, he seemed kind of snap out of what he'd been falling into. And he defends Layla, breaks up with Gwen, and kind of gets starts getting back on back the right on path. And that's when Act 3 kicks in. And all the stuff that was said before starts getting paid off. Yeah, and, and getting paid off gloriously. I mean, really, they there was very few threads left. But even, even to the point that the fact that the high school floated mm-hmm. became important. It did, yeah. I mean, everything kind of circled back. And that... Ron Wilson drove the bus and that he didn't have powers, but you know, but what, but long to be a hero that came back all this even the pacifier ends up being important to the plot. And then, and that commander didn't know what it did end up being important to the plot. I mean, it was a really good, they did a really good job of paying off the setup. Now what, um, pray tell was the main thing of the third act. <laughs> the main, the main part of the third act is that it turns out that Gwen had been a villain who fought that that she that she had been de-aged, and this is it gets a little complicated at the end, but it all makes sense in the movie. Um, but she she had fought Commander and Jetstream when they were all younger, and the pacifier was actually a weapon that made that turned people into babies. And so that when it, when Commander broke the pacifier, it turned her into a baby instead, so that she had to be raised again by um, a villain who was from Community. I didn't I don't remember his name. But uh, and so her her whole big plot was because was to get all the heroes together and pacify them and then raise them again and turn them all into villains and she's gonna have an army of supervillains. Kind of a complicated plot, but it all it made sense of all the stuff they had set up and it was kind of clever. And then she does actually start shooting them and turning them all into babies. <laughs> and so all that's left are the kids, and it's really just Will and the other sidekicks that have to save the day because it turns out all of the cool kids are working with her. Um, the villain that raised her, his name was Stitches, Mr. Grayson, who I think was another kid kid in the hall, Jim Rush. Um, I knew him more as being the uh, the leader from uh, Community. He yeah. was uh, one of the teachers there. Okay, but uh, yeah, so but but it, and it all comes back together. And so Will and the other, uh, like I said, the sidekick kids come together. They they save the day. They, they stop the Gwen. Day. And uh, and like I said, they they all those threads that got laid down, all the all the setups, they all got paid off. It was a, they did a really good job. And the great thing is, all of these powers that were not cool enough wound up saving the day. The gerbil was able to crawl through and chew through the wire for the power. Uh, Even the, the little goop kid. The goop kid. What did he? He, do? he tripped somebody. Him. Like he was getting. <laughs> I think it was the fast kid was charging at him, and he turned into goop and tripped him. And then the uh, the glowing kid. They were crawling through tunnels, and when so he, all of the lights were out. Wow, he really does glow, <laughs> <laughs> and was able to help them find their way. So, I mean, it all worked out uh, in the end. And uh, but previously, everyone had been shot with the pacifier, turned into babies. 
Yeah, it was it was funny. It and was a very funny so, scene. And then you have the uh, the uh, plant girl, uh, Layla. You know, bursting through with she the, fights the cheerleader girl that turned into all the all other the cheerleader girls. Yeah, she multiplied and herself, multi- and uh, so she ties her up with the uh, plants with the ivy. Ba- basically, got poison ivy fighting Jamie Madrix from X Factor. Okay, you can go there. Um, but yeah, it was uh, just a lot of really cool wrapping up there. But what? What? How did Ron Wilson save the day? Remind me. I'm 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 remember I'm not remembering the exact details. Yeah, it's and like I said, it's been a while since I was and there's been a lot going on in my head here lately. But uh, he uh, did he bring the bus to fly them in at a certain point or I know he was putting all the all the care or the car seats because everybody had been turned into babies and to be de-aged. He was putting all those in the. I don't remember exactly what he. I just remember that he that he ended up being integral to the uh, to Act Three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of losing that too. So we may uh, we may circle. Uh, here's back here's some behind the scenes, folks. We were supposed to record this like a week and a half ago, and <laughs> life happened. Life happened in a so big way. So this movie's a little bit fuzzier than usual for us. Yeah. So. Uh, just, just bear with us. We'll probably circle back around to this. Uh, yeah, but before bit. we get to weaknesses, there is one last positive I wanted to uh, to mention. Go ahead. I thought there were some positive themes in here. I mean, I know it. I know mm-hmm. it's a Disney movie. I know it's for kids. But I thought there were some really positive themes. Things that things things that I was glad that my daughters heard. You know yeah. about how how to respond to peer pressure. I mean, and, and the whole thing with him abandoning his real friends to fit in with other people, and that that wasn't a good thing, and how that hurt him. And that the, I was, it was good for my kids to hear that and see that. And that being unique, that it might set you apart, make you different, but that those uniquenesses all mattered in the all end, mattered. and we're all helpful. Very much so, yeah. And so the message, and that was one of the I strengths. Thought, I thought. There, was some, there was some good themes in there that I, I, that I was glad my kids saw. Yeah, the message in this movie, uh, like I had said before, was really, really great, really there um, in a big family Disney way. Yeah. Okay. We've bragged on it a little bit. More than I thought we would, actually. Um, we need to get some weaknesses, though. Okay, well, let's take a quick break, and we will be back with some weaknesses. All right, welcome back to the show, and we bragged on the episode a little bit uh, about uh, Sky High. Now we're gonna now we're gonna pick some nits. Uh, and Dwayne, I want you to kick us off first. What, what's the nit you want to pick right now? The really only problem that I have with this movie. And I don't even know if it's a problem. Or if it was just the way the movie was made, if it was part of their vision for the movie, because you do have all of this fantastical, over-the-top superhero-ness, which harkens back to all of these comic books, all of these old superhero shows, all of these great superhero movies that we have. The weakness I'm seeing is the effects were pretty cheesy. The, um, you know, things are just a little off, just not quite, I don't know if it was, uh, like I said, I don't know if it was something they did on purpose because it really kind of fit in with the aesthetic of the movie, but also it was really bad at times. (laughs) (laughs) The the props were bad too. So yeah, the props was, was another thing I was, I was going to get into after like some of the effects, because I mean, these effects were almost on par with Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. (laughs) Where, I mean, you can tell that they're hanging on wires and the lasers coming from their fingers are staying stable while they're rocking back and forth on the wires. Um, you know, just just kind of kind of almost there. But, yeah, the the, the props were, were kind of, you know, you could tell that, well, well maybe that was a two-liter soda bottle that they just <laughs> built some things out of. You know, and and put some stuff around to make it that, and uh, so like, like yeah. the the pacifier looked the, like they looked like they spray painted like a, a super soaker from the nineties or something. That's exactly what I was talking about. You know, that's the exact <laughs> one I was talking about. You know, the the, the robot eye that uh, that is the latest prize from the robot that that, that the commander just stream take down. You know, what is that? <laughs> it looks like they took the uh, an old Tie Fighter toy. I thought they paper mache a basketball and, and or stuck something. stuck wires out the end of it, you know, and, and, and painted the cockpit red, you know. Uh, it's supposed to be a robot eye, but, you know. And, and the cool thing about that was that um, Royal Payne was using that to spy. Yeah. 
on the commander. That's that's something that that we kind of didn't, you know. Now I will say that the the one thing I thought the loop because the costumes are pretty bad. Yeah, the costumes look like probably. I mean, you, they they probably got these uh, at Halloween at Walmart when they started adding the muscles. <laughs> In with the co- the Halloween outfits. Now, sure. see, my Halloween costume, I dressed up like Darth Vader. I had a Darth Vader mask. I had a lightsaber. <laughs> I had a cape. But then I had a garbage bag with Darth Vader painted on it in case you had any question if I was Darth Vader or not, you know? I thought I thought Royal Pain's outfit was okay. Yeah. But, like, Jetstreams and Commanders, I mean, they looked bad. And the little sidekick guy, I mean, those yeah, were pretty rough. Yeah, the little sidekick was pretty rough. But now, Royal Pain's outfit was pretty, really neat because it really gave you... Uh, the sense of it not being a female yeah. in there, which really threw you on the plot with it winding up being yeah. uh, the Gwen girl. So that was, uh, you know, a really neat outfit and a really well done um, shift of your attention to what where the bad guy actually may be. Yeah, but it, but it really felt like they spent all their budget hiring Kurt Russell and <laughs> Kelly Priest. <laughs> there was nothing left for yeah, the prop department. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, we've got these, we've got these guys, we've got these great cameos. Here's what's left. Go make a movie. <laughs> yeah. It really felt like, like that. Man, I got a buck twenty over here trying to make a movie. <laughs> I've got it on Super Soaker in my garage. <laughs> let's, let's just paint this thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I only I only have I only have one weakness, and there's like there's two parts to it. Okay, and they're both tied to the commander. Um, I'm a big Kurt Russell fan, but what they were trying to go for with the commander was like an old Silver Age style hero, mm-hmm. like a Captain Marvel or an old or, or like a 1950s era Superman. Exactly. So what they were going for, but that kind of doesn't fit with the modern age. Mm-hmm. And so there were times they would lean into him being this old school Boy Scout. Other times he was more of a modern type character and there was it led to some really inconsistent characterization there were times when he was this really supportive you know permissive parent other times he was really hard on will it was just it was just an example of how they would kind of go back and forth and they kind of it felt like they just kind of okay what works for this scene and it was kind of scene by scene they just had kurt russell do whatever made the scene work best Mm -hmm. and because it's kurt russell we just don't care we just give it a pass because kurt russell's arm is awesome and he just wakes up charming you know you can't you can't not like Kurt Russell, Mr. Goldie Hawn himself, absolutely. And but the the other problem with the commander, and I don't know if you caught this or not, he was kind of creepy around Gwen. A bit, yeah, yeah. He was, a, bit. Uh, and, he was a little creepy her, at times. He he really was, but you know, you find her also in um, his yearbook. Yeah, and I wonder if that was on purpose, but it still felt creepy. I'm like, you're the, you're this kid's dad, and you're kind of way really into your son's girlfriend, and that's and you kind of keep commenting how hot she is. I mean, that's a little a little strange there. I'm yeah. a little weirded out here, <laughs> but it was still Kurt Russell, so it was okay. <laughs> I, I, I got over it quickly. Okay, so uh, well, with that being said, with the negatives of on the movie, so let's move into a few awards, Jamie and and. Uh, I'll tell you, there's there's a couple uh, we've kind of touched on already, but uh, I know that that there were so many great ones that we need to get into some awards. So, what's your favorite of the weird powers? I wish I had looked up her name, but my favorite of the weirdest powers was the sidekick girl, who was a um, what was it, what did they call it? Uh, tele not uh, transmorpher? What they well she she was a shapeshifter basically. I can't remember the term they used. Yeah. Um, but she only could shapeshift into a guinea into pig. A guinea pig. <laughs> only a guinea pig and only oh, one guinea pig. That was the part that made it was my favorite part. It was only a guinea pig. Yeah. And uh, thumbing through IMDb a few minutes ago, I think her name was Magenta. She had the purple pink in her hair. Uh, yeah. And uh, she was just like complete attitude. And yeah. so you have this attitude coming down this little guinea pig like <laughs> Like really, just 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 bite me. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I, 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 that was it was it was an oddball decision to make it a guinea pig, yeah, a guinea I, pig. and I enjoyed that. It was so weird that I liked it. Yeah, and uh, my favorite of the uh, weird powers would probably be the the kid who turned into a a puddle, <laughs> and he just melted into a puddle of multicolored goo, which is I think he kind of had on oranges and browns, which was really not a great choice to turn into a puddle. Yeah, it looked messy. About, and Bruce Campbell's great um, statement was, well, that's pretty impressive for a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> and and as, as later, he uh, slips up one of the kids and uh, gets his head stuck in a toilet, one of the bad guys. And uh, as they're having the big showdown at the end, War and Peace, who is now a good guy, 
and and helping out the uh, the stronghold and his and his uh, group of sidekicks uh, is having trouble hitting the fast guy with his fireballs. And so what does he do? Puddle. Puddle. Trip. <laughs> Bam, you know, and uh, so you know these these weird powers just save the day, and that that was some of the great little odd things about this movie. Yeah, I thought those were quirky. You know, I liked them. Okay, what about we talked about how good the cast is? Oh, the cast. So, was what what was your what was your favorite random cast member? A random cast member or cameo? Uh, I'm gonna go with Linda Carter. Linda Carter is my Wonder Woman. I mean, as as a young man. Watching Wonder Woman, the lasso, I was just like, yeah, this is all good. So when Linda Carter showed up. I'm sure it was the lasso. And though she didn't have a great deal to do, I mean, she's Linda Carter. She's principal powers of the school. And you can tell nothing phases her. As a Sonic Boomer is sidekicking Will Stronghold and windows are shattering. She just... Keeps her vase from falling off the desk, sets it back up there, continues reading her papers. Yeah, she was completely unflappable. Yeah, she was completely unflappable. So yeah, that was a, that was a great one. And I like the end too when she's punishing the villains in detention and she leaves and makes the comment. I forget the exact line. It was something like, "I can't fix everything. I'm not Wonder Woman." Yes. Yes, 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 it was. So, yes, she's wonderful. But what was yours, uh, Jamie? Who was your favorite person well, I, that you've seen pop up? I've already uh, forecast mine. It's Bruce Campbell as the gym coach. I just... I would, I, if I was ever to direct something, I would just, I would find something for Bruce Campbell to do in every movie I made. And he was just so, so gleefully over the top as Sonic Boomer that I just, I loved every second that Bruce Campbell was in this movie. Yeah, he, he is wonderful. And, and I mean, I see why Sam Raimi puts him in everything. And, you know, that, I, that's, that was a cameo I purposefully stayed away from because I'm like, this is so obvious. And I know Jamie's going to take it. <laughs> And I know, I mean, B- B- Bruce Campbell is absolutely wonderful in this movie. And uh, like, like you said, if you, you put Bruce Campbell in something and, and you've, you're starting to get my attention there, I'm, I'm going to. Well, they've got Kurt Russell and Bruce Campbell. I mean, you're halfway home, <laughs> you know, and then you throw in Kelly Preston and Linda Carter. I mean, the cast was great. It was an absolutely fabulous cast. Okay. Now a fast growing and deepening tradition on this show is the Keanu connection. Where is it? I I, I didn't catch it in this movie. You didn't movie. catch the Keanu I connection? I did not catch the Keanu connection in this movie. I actually, I found two Keanu connections. Ooh, two. I'll give you the best one first. Okay. Kelly Preston. She was in For the Love of the Game, directed by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi directed The Gift, starring our beloved Keanu Reeves. I'm going to have to check this Gift movie out. You this This is not the... I don't even think the second or third time you've brought it up. This may be the third or fourth time you've I've got brought a song. it up. So I'm going to have to check this gift movie out. It's it's a mystery. I love mysteries. I love Sam Raimi. It's got our beloved Keanu in it. I mean. It's, all, it's up our alley. We're there. Um, our second angle is Kurt Russell. He hmm. was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, a hmm. movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There he was. Also in the MCU is Kate Blanchett. <sighs> Who was also she was the star of the gift, mm. co-starring with our beloved Keanu. So the gift was the it was the key really to Keanu the both gift times. Was the key to this both times. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Marvel, Sam Raimi directed Marvel movies, and a Keanu connection. Something that's just opening up to my mind here. Bruce Campbell. Well, Bruce Campbell. Uh, Constantine. Is Constantine a Marvel or a DC? That's DC. A DC. Okay. Well, never mind then. Yeah, but Bruce Campbell. Sam Raimi directed The Gift. Bruce Campbell was Bruce in. Campbell up, so We found a third way to get to get our beloved Keanu in here. Six degrees of Keanu. <laughs> All right, do you want to move on to our pointless rankings? Let's go ahead and see what we are going to rank this week, Jamie. Okay, I've got to, I've got to explain what I'm doing here. Okay, I'm, I'm ranking Kurt Russell movies. Now, I had an argument with my brother about this already this week because <laughs> he's – my brother. So we, he, he also ranks things. Uh, and also he, he ranks he things. Also ranks things. Oh, wow. Um, and so I, I'm, uh, this is, this is because Josh is going to listen to this episode. Josh, I am not ranking the best Kurt Russell movies. I am ranking my personal favorite 
Kurt Russell movies. Mm, I, I have had to have these conversations with people. Is it the best or is it just my favorite? Yeah, I'm, do- I'm dodging an angry phone call from my youngest brother. And, and That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so number five of my personal favorite Kurt Russell movies is Stargate. It's not the best movie ever. I've got a soft spot for it, though. I really enjoy that movie as well, and it's not the best. I enjoy it. Of any movie, really. But <laughs> it's, you know, I, I enjoyed it when it came out being a science fiction fan. And, you know, it, it's really started a whole genre there of the the wormhole movies. Uh, so and a lot speak. of bad TV shows. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that was what I was. Yeah, yeah we, I, I pretend those didn't happen. You know, that's one of the uh, star franchises. You have the the Star Wars, definitely the least of them though. Star Trek, not necessarily. Stargate and Star Search. I've never even heard of Star. Are we talking about the the talent show? Yeah. <laughs> I the, was the, trying to picture the some four, the sci-fi four, show. The four star franchises: Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate, and Star Search. Okay, let's move okay, on. You're right. You're right. Stargate's not the least of those. <laughs> okay. Uh, number four is the classic Escape from New York. Yes. It feels 70s. It's a little slower paced than we're used to with modern movies. It's still a fabulous movie. It's still fabulous. I think my wife fell asleep and I made her watch it. Um, she'd never seen it. I made her watch it recently and I think she dozed off. But I love that movie and I love the character of Snake Plissken. It's great. Yeah. Uh, number three is Guardians of, the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I will go ahead and state controversially is better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. I may have to. Uh, we may have to. We'll talk come off to fist to cuffs later. We'll talk off here. And the best argument I've got is Kurt Russell's in the second one. Kurt and he's not in the first in the one. one. So I've got that. Uh, number two is Tombstone, which, mm. and this is this is where I'm heading Josh off with the pass. Yes, Josh, Tombstone is the best movie starring Kurt Russell. It's not my favorite. My favorite Kurt Russell movie of all time is Big Trouble in Little China. I love this movie. I've said before that I don't rewatch, I don't rewatch a lot of movies. I rewatch this movie all the time. And to convince Dwayne to watch it with me, I gave him a copy tonight. Merry Christmas, me. <laughs> and uh, it's been a really, a really a while since I've seen this movie. Uh, probably, I would say, early to mid '90s uh, since I've seen this movie. And I remember not quite knowing what to do with it when I originally seen it in the '80s. You weren't the only one. It flopped in the theaters. <laughs> and I, I remember still not knowing what to do with it in the. Uh, in the nineties, uh, as I was still coming to know different types of cinemas and things. But, uh, like, like I said, it's a little tropey. It's a little actiony. It's just a little goofy. It's just a little kind of self-aware as, as you'll say. But, so, it, but it's my favorite Kurt Russell movie. Okay. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to giving this one a, a viewing and checking that one out. You know, I haven't seen it in a while either, Dwayne. It's probably been two, three months. Since I've seen Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> wow. I've only watched it twice so far this year. Wow. Okay, so those are my pointless rankings for this episode. Now we're, now we're going on to our next segment, our last segment, Keeping It 100. This is where we recommend things to each other and to our wonderful listeners. Oh, hello to the folks in Sweden, by the way. We're not sure how we found Swedish listeners, but we are glad to have you on the ride with us. Oh, we've got one Australian listener and... I think a Canadian, a Canadian listener. Listeners We're glad to them. have our international listeners. We're glad to have you on the quest so with however us. however you guys have found us, we thank you and hope that you continue to listen. Hope you're having as much fun listening to this as we do producing them. Okay, I've, I've vamped a little bit there. Are we ready with our timer now? I am ready with the timer, Jamie. Am I going first? Uh, you go first. Let's do this. And uh, you have 100 seconds to sell me on something. Ready, set, go. This week, I am pitching... Argo. So the quest I'm recommending to Dwayne and all of, all of our wonderful listeners is Argo. It's starring and directing uh, as Ben Affleck. He is fabulous in this movie acting in it. It's a great, subtle, understated performance. He's really good in it. Um, it's a movie set during the 1979 Iran hostage crisis. Mm. And the, the whole setup of the movie, I'm not going to give away too much because I want you to watch it. Is the, whole, the whole premise of the, of the thing is, okay, there's all the hostages that were captured at the embassy. Six got out. And they're hiding in Iran, and the Canadian um, ambassador takes them in. And so Ben Affleck's job is to make up some cover story to get them out of Iran before they're discovered and killed. And it's great. The whole the the the, the premise, and you can see this from the previous. The premise is that he makes up a fake movie, and they're fake 
production people from the movie. They were, they were scouting locations oh. in Iran when it happened. And that's the whole gimmick to get them out. Okay, I remember this being about a fake movie, but I didn't yeah. even know they're pretty. It's based on a true story. And they play fast and loose with some of the details, but it's so good that I didn't even get mad about it. Oh, well, that's great. Great flick. And it's, it's so tense, too. Like, I, I've, I, I literally, I've read the book it's based on. It was still tense. Like, I was all, my muscles were all tight from, like, I was, they had to get out of Iran. You know, it was great. It's a great movie. Well, that, Did I make it? You made it. You had uh, 20 seconds left, and uh, you you uh, have sold me on this. It's, it's a good flick. And I've, I've heard good things. I've it's heard really good, good things, but with it being a movie that I had really not known where to put it. Yeah. I, I've read the book, and it's actually, I mean, they they really get loose with some of the details. But it's, it's, it's a really good movie. Yeah, and any time you can read a book and be about to hop off the edge of your seat i mean it's it's always good like i literally it's a historical event it really happened i know how it ends the history books know how it ends i was still tense all the way through well and i stole some extra time there go ahead that sounds great okay and uh, i'm going to get ready for mine and i'm going to set my timer now and mine's going to be really quick (laughs) mine's going to be really quick and i'm going to start now now my pitch is William Shakespeare, Star Wars, by Ian Dosher. Imagine, if you will, the literature stylings of a one (laughs) Will Shakespeare set in a galaxy far, far away. So you have the Ewoks speaking this funky (laughs) pig Latinish thing. The Jedi Dust Return, or Dust Return. I mean, just the title, is, it's glorious, folks. Uh, I listened to it on audiobook. Uh, Jamie says he's read them. I, I, I read at them. I didn't okay, read Okay, you read at them. Uh, I, I wanted to get the feel of it. I, I, know, I know that you have episodes four, Tis a New Hope, <laughs> The Empire Striketh Back, episode five, The Jedi Dust Return. And the Force Doth Awaken, episode seven. I know there, there's at least those out there. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? I am a Star Wars nut anyway. And I love the juxtaposition of language. The archaic King's English with the sitting in space uh, is going to be is going to be mine. So that's my recommendation. And I come in. I had 15 seconds left, so mine actually uh, took a little bit longer than I was anticipating. But uh, I, I recently listened to that, and just you need to check they're, it out. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, I, I, I got the um, – I think when the first one came out, I just wanted to get the feel of it. Like, see what, see what it felt like. And I read a little bit of it. It's entertaining. It, it's, it, it's a gimmick, but oh, it's, it's an entertaining it's, gimmick. It's much of a gimmick, but it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It is hilarious. So uh, we're going to bring our episode to a close now, uh, but we would like to mention um, our next quest, if you guys would like to venture into some things as well. Jamie, where are we going to go into? Our next quest, and you can guess who picked this one, is Big Trouble in Little China. I'm pumped. So we are going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to check this out and uh, we'll uh, arrange us a recording uh, date not too long after that. I'll probably uh, at least try to get through this once and uh, maybe twice. <laughs> now, now, if you're going to watch this ahead of time, the key to watching this movie is to remember it's at least 50% parody. Okay. You, you got to know what you're watching. Okay. So it's, it's a, it's an action parody, uh, that doesn't take itself too seriously. Absolutely. So great. Well, with that being said, uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners. uh, As we're looking at the, uh, at the stats, we seem to be steadily growing. We appreciate y'all jumping on board. uh, We really appreciate that. And you know, if, if you're listening to us, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, We're we're on iTunes. We're on Google play. Yeah. Virtually all of the podcasters have us now. We got out there. So yeah, leave us a review. Also, uh, Follow us on Instagram at uh, Roundtable Nerds and the number two, and that is Nerds with a K, uh, as in with the con- with the Knights, with with the Knerds, <laughs> the Roundtable Knerds. It felt clever when we came up with it. It was clever when we came up with it, and also we're on Twitter, and that's at Knerds two, at Knerds two. Okay, and um, also uh, you know just keep uh, listening. Uh, 
Oh, and also, um, one last thing I want to mention. Um, our email is roundtablenerds at gmail.com. We would take requests. If there's something you would like to hear us review, we'd be open to that. Yeah, what's, what's your jam? Throw us something. Don't be mean, though.